Ronaldo, welcome to Drew vs. the World, um, a podcast about bringing people who are changing the world in front of people so they can change the world as well. So, Ronaldo, you are a celebrity chef um, to the to CEOs, pro athletes. You are a Marine veteran. Um, you have, you know, rest, you have a restaurant and you come from a Cuban Colombian background. Um, first and foremost, thank you for the time. Thank you for the space and thank you for being on the podcast. No, hundred percent, man. Um, I don't have a restaurant, uh, anymore. No. We closed that down a, a couple of years back, but I do have, I do do consulting. My brother okay. is the one with the restaurant. Um, Jersey called De Martino. Uh, so I do consulting for him. And, you know, here and uh, here and there, I do uh, private consulting for other uh, businesses on the down low. But yes, you know, I'm too busy cooking for <laughs> these athletes and I call them life CEOs, man, and, and just helping them uh, in their journey of becoming better at what they do. It's a big part of everything, especially in our culture. So that's what we're doing out here, man. Just making sure that we are constantly, constantly moving and we're filling up that pipeline because that pipeline is important to to have those marks throughout so we could progress the right way, you know? So we was talking a little bit off here about family. So is, is your influence of food from your family? Yes, my influence of food is huge from my family. Mm-hmm. My father is a uh, former chef uh, and my mother as well. So I got both wow. backgrounds. I got like the classically trained French, you know, chef, you know, mm-hmm. kind of finger up in the. And then I got my mother, who is a rustic chef, kind of like has no idea of no recipes. It's just put a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And I know with your, with your background <laughs> from Barbados, it's like mm-hmm. a little bit here. And you just got to really pay attention. Exactly. So on my end, I got both the best. Really like the the abcs of it but then i got the joint kind of meshed them up together and have been able to create what i like to call you know using ancestral flavors with modern, modern techniques, techniques. And just mashing mm-hmm. it up yeah yeah i i really love that so when you say modern techniques what are some modern techniques that you're using that are different than um what they were using back in the day so i mean if we look at it this way, right? We look mm-hmm. excellent question. If we look at it this way, it's like if if our ancestors, right, had the cooking utensils and the technology we have today, all the way back when, using these techniques coming from uh, being able to use uh, sous vide machines, you know, immersion water uh, cooking, uh, being able to um, when it comes to astronomy, you know, some of that stuff mm-hmm. is useful. When it comes to proper, uh, the ovens we use today, right? Mm-hmm. And and being able to use a convention oven, being able to use, the, obviously, just regular home ovens, but using them in a way where using them, um, the, the whole aspect of the oven to understand the heat, uh, the heating elements in the back of the oven, in the front of the oven. And that all comes from, from today's world, being able to understand and scientifically break down what heat, what temperature um, cooks best, and what and what it cooks best, 
to understand the pH balance of food, to understand there's so much things that you have to think about when cooking is not just put it in the oven and go. You know what I mean? There's a lot of science behind it. So that's when I say kind of using those modern techniques of cooking, implementing a little bit more of the science of the geeky background into the cooking to make better food. So what, oh, that what makes sense. Oh, yeah, a hundred percent makes sense. So you're trying to say that you take like the literal literal science of food that you learned that we've learned from generations and generations of progression of um, cooking, and then taking that and mixing it with you know the background of the agent. You know when if if people had these tools and how they would use it in from back in the day. So. About the ancient flavor, ancient flavors, right? What are you? What are some ancient flavors? Some background or the background of that? Like, where so, do they come from? So, I mean, for for me, for me personally, when you're talking mm -hmm. about like ancient flavors, like old school flavors, we're talking about you know the proper use of of spices of the earth, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Of fire, yeah. simply fire, uh, and understanding that and, and and building building on top of one another. And using Mother Earth, you know, where I was from in Colombia, we were out in the mountains, right? And for us to cook, it was really getting the right um, seasonal vegetables that were in that time. And I lived in Medellin, which is AKA the nickname of internal spring, because it's springtime there all the time, all year long. <laughs> so you're getting an unbelievable amount of different styles, vegetables, and, mm. and you name it, herbs is there. So for, for that part of the eight, when I call like the ancestral flavors is developing flavor, layering flavor. So once you understand that part of it and then you, let's say a sous vide cooking method, just putting that example and getting um, the right combination of herbs, the seasonings to a piece of, of meat and understanding that cinnamon, right? Like cinnamon powder works yeah. great with meat, with a hamburger per se, and you put this, this meat in a bag and you vacuum seal it and you cook it in the water um, where it's circulating around it at a set temperature and then you take it out and then you finish it on the stovetop on a pan to finish that final sear and then you're able to taste all of that throughout the meat. That is being able to bridge the two, the two mm -hmm. together, right? A lot of, a lot of the time, um, many, a lot of chefs do focus on it's like, I just taste a lot of salt, pepper, and butter just to bring flavor to the table, mm -hmm. which is lazy cooking to me. Mm -hmm. For me, it's like, let's really think in depth of how we're going to develop this. So for, right? So when, when I'm cooking for my clients, that's what I'm doing for them. Because I have to bring what it's called more of a good for you food. I don't like to call it healthy yeah. <laughs> because then people say, oh, it's healthy they think of These the most boring tastes. things ever. Yep. For mm -hmm. me, it's just food that's good for you. That's going to work for your body, for your body type. And it's going to taste like the best food in the world. And that's what I do. And that's what I produce, you know? So if you, if you wanted to build like a meal, not even a meal, like a dish, and I took a bite of it, right? And you wanted to make it taste like home, how would it taste? If I took a dish and you want to take a bite, how would I make no, it? No, you, you make it yeah. taste like home. Like home for you. For me, for home. Let's take, mm -hmm. uh, all right, let's, you know what? Let's take macaroni pie, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to make a, a, a macaroni pie and I want to make it a little bit better instead of using the, 
the uh, the flour, right? The the mm-hmm. the elbow the elbow macaroni or anything like that. I'm gonna go and find because right now you can find let's say some some chickpea elbow mm-hmm. mac or just oh, make sorry, some sorry. shells. So I think I asked the question wrong. Okay. Well, I I was I meant like if you was cooking a dish and you okay. wanted to represent your home, right from where you came from, which is Colombia. Oh, for me, yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, what would you, what would you, how would it taste? Like, what are the flavor profiles? What would you make me? Like, oh, what is, oh, what is that? Yeah, 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 if I was, I mean, if I was to represent a dish for my culture, which is like Cuban, Colombian, kind of uh, along <laughs> that Latin America, because I like to kind of mix everything up, the dish that I will make you, mm, something that would definitely hit, hit home I, I would say a break i like for so for me i love i'm a big fan of breakfast mm-hmm. so this dish actually brings me back to to uh, as a child called arepas con pe- uh, huevos pericos which is a cuban i'm sorry colombian um corn cakes in a way an arepa mm-hmm. so it's made out of corn so let's go through the process of the arepa so you have fresh which is cooked and then then removed from the husk. Mm -hmm. And then you take it to a hand cranked uh, grinder and you put it through. And it's it's a special type of grinder that it kind of mushes and blends up the corn that comes out into a, like a dough like, right? So you do that and you make this dough and then you you take it out flat. It's like a disc that's like six by six inches. That's Mm -hmm. flat, that's cooked over heat. Mm -hmm. So while that's cooking, you take some farm fresh eggs, really bright orange eggs. You mix that up. You whip it up. You let it to the side to kind of bring it up a little bit to room temp. So it cooks mm-hmm. right. You take some onion, tomato, cilantro, green onion, salt, pepper, cumin, oregano. You you mix that up. You saute it. And you kind of just let it on low heat, reduce down, get all those natural sugars out, all that flavor. You add your egg. And then you kind of go back and forth and fold it in at that medium heat because we don't want to overcook the egg and kind of leave the eggs a little bit runny, a little bit buttery. You take your arepa off the fire, kind of be crunchy. You put the egg on top and then you kind of grate some fresh uh, queso fresco, some fresh white cheese. Mm-hmm. And then there you have it. That's what I would I ha- That's what I would make for you. I, I think that's like one of those dishes in Colombia, Medellin, that talk Medellin to you, right? That That... There's a lot of other things. There's empanadas, there's pandebonos, there's things. But if I were to make you something, that's what I would make. Oh, man, that sounds amazing. That's bringing me, that's bringing me back. <laughs> that's bringing me back home. Um, awesome. It, oh, man, that sounds delicious. Uh, so when, when did you actually come to the United States? I came to the United States in 19... Uh, oh, shit, 1989. 1989-1990. Okay. Right, right between there. And how old were you? I was nine years old. Oh, wow. I was nine years old when I came to this country. Okay, and um, yeah, I know your your dad, you know, started a. I think he had a restaurant or a market. Um, so how how did you how did you kind of acclimate to being in a new country in a new place with a new business? So I mean, it so like it was tough. It wasn't easy at all. Um, you know, as a nine year old. And with my family, we actually, you know, want to take it back a little bit. We left Colombia, um, mm-hmm. not by choice. We had mm-hmm. to go forced out of there by the uh, cartel wars that were going on with Palo Escobar. And they were targeting American families leaving there, living there. So we were American families living in Colombia. So we had to go. 
like mm. in a matter of weeks we left so we had nothing we we left with nothing pretty much because we had to our, our items our property for cents cents on the dollar right so we had a few thousand bucks when we got here but we came here with no home with nothing we have family mm-hmm. but we, we for a majority of the time in the beginning of the first year and a half two years we were living in and families, uh, uh, attics and, and one bedroom apartments and all that until we got settled in. So that was, that was interesting. I'm not going to say it was tough because we were raised not to see the wealth and the things that we had. It was to, it was more to, to see the, the, the health, yes. right. Um, mm-hmm. to be able to adapt and overcome. So that's what, I think that's what kind of saved us in a way and to be a unit, right. Being a unit is important as a family to everybody understand the ultimate goal. And we, we understood that was only temporary, but it was not easy. Um, so when my, my father finally came, cause we came separate, right? It was me my mother, Martino and Ulysses. Mm-hmm. And we were here and a 10 year old, I would go uh, to my brother's work. And he was only like 15 at the YMCA. I would help him clean up. So we were all money wow. to rent to help him in. It was crazy, man. Uh, but then my father and my other brother, who is still in Colombia, so finally he came here, and that's when my father opened up the restaurant, not the shop. For twenty six years, but the beginning was tough. It was tough. So that's where the timeline goes. So as far as the restaurant is concerned, did you you did you work in that restaurant as well? And what did you do in that restaurant? Was that kind of like your origin, your superhero restaurant origin story? Hell yeah, that is hundred percent my my uh, origin story, my superhero. That's when freaking Ronaldo came through, man. Yeah. Right? Um, got I bit learned. by the spider. Hell yeah, I got bit by the spider hundred percent in the basement at night when I slept there. Um, yeah, man. Nice. I, I yeah, when we got yeah, oh, that means it wasn't easy. So we we got to this restaurant. It was like I one particular thing that stands out to me. My father. One day, grabbed me. He had a. He was working as a chef at his place, and he he got fired because he got in a fight with the captain. And um, he drove through this town called Somerville, New Jersey, which is one of the best food towns in New Jersey mm-hmm. now. And but we started that. I'm very proud to say that. But during that time, my father got lost. Got there, came home, picked me up, asked me, "Hey, you want to come with me? I want to show you the restaurant I'm gonna open up." I don't know why he asked me. So I'm like, yeah, of course, let's go. Right. We went and this place looked raggedy, bro. It was called the Temple of Eden or the Eating of the, the Garden of Eden. It was called the Garden of Eden. And it was what you expect a Garden of Eden to look like. It was horrible. So <laughs> we went in there, yellow chairs, weird tables. We cleaned, painted everything red. And then my father was a Italian restaurant. And there was a gentleman that came in. He's like, yo, what are you doing? There's too many Italian restaurants open up a Cuban restaurant. And my father said, all right. So I remember I bought a note, notebook, um, a word processor that the ones you type on, mm-hmm. right? So it's this machine that weighs like 50 pounds. Yep. So you put the paper through, right? And then yep. for the one thing, people to imagine this, right? To, to <laughs> picture this, right? So you have a keyboard. And if you wanted to erase a word, a letter, you had to press X a bunch of times <laughs> mm-hmm. to erase the thing, right? So that's, as a as 11, as a 10, 9, 10, 11, 11, 12-year-old, 
I don't, I'm not good with freaking. I don't know how. Man, you know what? When people say when they're like 50, they're like, yo, when I was 15 on April 25th, that's BS, bro. <laughs> there is no way. There is no. They're full of crap, bro. Full there's too crap. many hormones. There's too many hormones running through your brain. You're just like, it's just like everything's going. Everything's going. It's like, <laughs> there's no way you remember it. No, hell no. Maybe a small percentage. But when people say that to me, I'm like, whatever, bro. Stop BSing. I, so anyway, no, no lie to you. 15 to 17, blur. I, I never thought about it, but like 15 to 17, yeah. complete yeah. blur. There's like little highlights in my life. But yeah, you're right. The switch flipped back on at 17. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay, we're back in this. I tell you, <laughs> at 29, bro, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I'll, re- I'll remember stuff, but... <laughs> I, I, people's like, yo, when you were 31, I'm like... I have to I have to take a look at, at my timeline and see what the hell I was doing back then. But between that between that 12, 13 year old age, we opened up this restaurant. Mm-hmm. And um it was not easy, bro. You gotta think about this, right? Well, let me go back real quick with the typewriter thing, right? So the word process word processor, that's why I typed up the menus and then oh. to the print shop and print them out. And I would create the menus, I would take them to apartments in my bike, put them in cars, put them in uh, mailboxes and the whole nine. It was that word of mouth marketing, right? Wow. Social media. So <laughs> we, yeah. So we opened so up wait, this restaurant. Were you, you typing up, like, did your, your father gave you like, uh, I like, hey, type this up for me? Or were you kind of dumb? My father would be like, here's the menu. He would write it okay. down on paper. He's like, I need you to type this up for me. I'm like, all right, cool. So I started typing up and then I, then after a little bit, I talked them into buying a computer because we could afford it. So I bought a computer, mm-hmm. an HP, and I wrote. Then I started writing menus. I started doing designs and shit. Yeah. Then I would print that out. And I would like, it, it just, it was cool because it would evolve, right? Mm-hmm. And, but at the beginning of the restaurant, man, we would only make, it was like 100 bucks a day, 150, mm-hmm. 200 bucks. And so all the tips that we made, we put in this big piggy. We had this big piggy, bro, like, like ceramic piggy. And we would put all the tips in there. Right. And at the end of uh, each month, we would break it. We would not break it. We'll move the bottom and take all the money out. And it would be a lot of money. But we used that money to pay insurance, to pay rent, to pay. I mean, anything that you could think we could pay with that. Um, so that growth. And then when I say I slept in a basement, got bit by a spider, 100 percent got bit by a spider because we slept in a basement at night in a cot, in a small oh. cot, me and my dad. Right. A cot that was no, no, no wider than four and a half feet, maybe. And in length, six feet, maybe. Mm-hmm. So we sit in there and then we would, um, you know, that's where we slept. And in the morning, uh, we created a makeshift shower. So we took the hose, put in mm-hmm. uh, three nails, and we let the, the, the head of the, the hose sit there. Yep. And that's where we took cold showers in the morning, right? At 12 years old, I'm doing this on the weekends. And then I would go to school during the week. And little by little, mm-hmm. the, the restaurant started growing. And then, like, you know, I, my brothers would, would chip in, and we would come and go, and it just kind of got bigger, bigger, and it became one of the best Cuban restaurants in the country, and we were open for 25-plus years until we shut it down at the end of 2018. Um, just didn't, it wasn't, it was time, right? I wanted to yeah. do other things. I wanted to focus time on my family, and I just didn't want to do it no more. You know, I wanted to, um, I gave enough to my family, and mm-hmm. I wanted to start giving to my family and start going after my 
the the accidental brand the accidental uh branding and persona that was created <laughs> through this right it was yes. it wasn't planned so i'm like i need to really double down and it's been amazing it's been truly amazing man so that's like what story um kind of uh looked like but it was it was a lot of great lessons a lot of fight a lot of failure a lot of no's a lot of crying a lot of frustration a lot of time spent away from from family from friends mm -hmm. not going out anywhere because i was in the weekend i was at the restaurant yep it's part of my life yo ronaldo we going out this weekend <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> uh, and then that started happening as an adult with with the relationships i had and then finally my wife she knew that like don't even bother the weekend you know so but that's that's complete. I'm chilling now. My wife's out <laughs> taking the boys to pool. I'm swimming. We're here on Drew, <laughs> Drew versus the world, uh, having a good chat. And mm -hmm. I'm very grateful for this moment, you know, because this is moments I, I ha will have to literally carve out and be on a timer, you know? So it's pretty dope. Yeah. I, again, I appreciate you. So I, you talk about lessons. So what's what's the lesson that you learned from those 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 take with you now? The lessons that I learned um, that I take from that moment, like failure. Mm -hmm. I would say failure. I saw failure, mm -hmm. um, but it's not failure because we were doing things wrong, right? We have to. I think we have to separate failure mm -hmm. from not being prepared and failing. But failure from being prepared, putting the work in, it just happened not to work out. Mm -hmm. And then seeing my father, right, as a young kid, take those failures, learn from them, rewrite it, and execute on it to have the business grow to a point where you're making seven figures a year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so don't, like let, it keep, from don't let it keep you down. 100%. 100%. Mm -hmm. Failure doesn't mean you fail. Just that mm -hmm. wasn't for you at the moment. There's something that went wrong during that time. So you have to take a look at that failure and, and, and dissect it, learn from it, and realize what you did wrong and go execute it. Or if it wasn't for you, it wasn't for you. I was reading David Goggins' book. And, and oh, man, you, you bring him up. Bring my man. That's my man. Yeah, that's, a, that's the man right there. <laughs> so David Goggins, there's a part in his book where he talks about a lot of people get stuck trying to climb the mountain, mm -hmm. right? And and if they can't fucking reach that mountain, they 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 just quit. Sometimes every mountain is not for you, right? So you gotta take a look to your right or left. There's a sidewalk. You can walk exactly. around that mountain <laughs> and get to your mountain. Yo, and it's I tell you, I read that and I was like, holy crap, right? Because I always talk about like I always talk about this, right? And I tell people, you know, take like, why do you become so patient when you get a no? Because I'm going to charge more when they, they come back and they, and they get a yes. Mm -hmm. So I sit in the, in the waiting room patiently. A lot of people, when they go to the waiting room, they're very impatient. Sometimes they leave. They miss their appointment because for well, whatever reason. And when they leave, right about when they're going to open that door and call your name. Mm -hmm. So if you leave too early and they call your name, you're not there. That's your opportunity. Yes. That you missed your yes. So I just wait. And while I'm waiting, I'm reading, I'm executing, I'm putting in work, I'm connecting with other brands. I am growing. So when, when that company comes back, 
they know already, like, they got to pay. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. the value that I've, I've been able to grow. So don't make the mistake with a no to stop working. Keep moving. Keep going after yours. Because if that's really meant for you, that opportunity will, will, will swing back around. I just, I just, I just closed the big deal this week. Oh, big here deal. We go. And um, once, you know, it'll, it'll be announced once we sign everything, but it was a three year process of wow to them of doing small. So now when this deal came and it was like, yeah, sounds good, bro. I was like, <laughs> holy crap. And it felt so easy. But it's not. It's not, obviously, because I put so much work into this shit. Yeah. Like, years of work of, of just grind, 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 grind. So when you get those yeses, they feel good, bro. You're like, damn. That was, you know, like, that was easy. Well, it wasn't, but it was. It's like doing, like, three years of push-ups, right? Or three years of pull-ups. And, like, hey, can you do a pull-up? And you're like, all right, I got this. Boom, yeah. knock it out. Now all those all that work you've done has turned into yep. everything being easy now. So yep. I I mean, congratulations on that, man. Congratulations yeah, on man. that. So I'm super so, pumped. You know, super pumped, man. So Very excited. So, yes. You've have you used that in any other well, obviously, have you used that in any part of, other part of your life? Like hell yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, man. I use that every day. So right now, right, mm-hmm. right now I'm doing the um, 75 hard challenge. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. yeah I'm on day 42, 43. Mm-hmm. And um, my body, my mind. Um, and originally I, I started doing it for just, I wanted to change my body. I wanted to be like, yo, I want to get a lot leaner than I was. Mm-hmm. But throughout this process, and there's a lot of people be like, yo, why are you even doing this, bro? You don't need to do this. You're already disciplined enough. I'm like, no, I'm not. I need to be more disciplined. I need to, I need to have some type of strict accountability. Reg- because I am a yeah. very structured person. Mm-hmm. Regiment, bro. You said it, right? Mm-hmm. So with mm-hmm. the 75 hard challenge, you're required to do two 45-minute workouts a day, one outside, one indoors. Mm-hmm. But I tell people, they're like, yo, work out to your capacity. Yep. If working out for you looks like doing air squats for 45 minutes, mm-hmm. that's fine. That is for you. My workout looks different. I want to go kill myself when I work out. <laughs> At nighttime, I go take a fast walk. That's my outdoor workout. I don't go run. Mm-hmm. I just do a fast walk to recover. Really? Everything I'm about to be done with this one for the second time. The Business of Expertise, great book. I recommend it. It's my second time reading that. Um, 10 pages of uh, 10 pages every day, one gallon of water every day. Take a picture every day, right? Um, follow some kind of eating. Do a 16-hour fast for the last 42 days nice. every day. Mm-hmm. I added cold showers. I added, you know, I do my journaling. But the thing is, the, the whole point of this is like your mental clarity, your your yes. your flushing all this crap out and you're able to think better speak better communicate better and be a better individual and become even more patient with the people around you which is my wife and my kids 
right? So that is something that that I'm using when it comes to patience with that. Yeah. Being able to meditate to hold my anxiety down, mm. the PTSD down, right? With my kid. It's just not easy, bro. Yeah. There's sometimes that I want to like, ah, like I just want to, <laughs> but this out and inside and I talk and, and then this is why I work out. I told somebody, it's like, yo, like, I don't know how people could, and this is just my own thoughts, right? I'm not judging anybody or nothing like that. But if you're going to work out and you're putting 50% effort and they complain about not salts mm, mm, right speak on that speak on that right <laughs> speak on that why yeah. are you like why are you complaining about not seeing the results you know what i'm saying like yes you're going to the gym you're going you're spending money you're spending time away from whoever you are yep and you're not putting you're putting 50 percent effort in and then you're complaining about and then you live a lifestyle that does not represent you going to the gym, just being a part mm-hmm. of the gym just to do a check mark. Yes. And that's why I tell people, people look, some people get offended. But I tell them, like, this is my opinion, bro. I'm not talking to you. I'm just saying. I go to the gym to literally, literally kill myself. Not kill myself in a sense, kill myself. I, I mean, yeah, I have yeah, to yeah. use a better word because that's a trigger word. It's um, okay. I have. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know, I know what you. I know what you mean. All these damn trigger words. Um, I have. To, I go to the point of absolute. Yes, and I'm telling you, I'm 40 years old. I have a double hip replacement, and I'm probably in the best shape I've been in since I was 20 something. And I do everything. I don't. I don't use it. I don't use it as an excuse. And I leave that gym, that CrossFit gym I go to, and when I do my kickboxing and all that. Mm-hmm. absolutely like my my head is like oh like i'm just like recover 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 <laughs> but i know that i put my 100 percent effort in and that's what i yep. bring with everything i do so and that's why I've, i feel like a lot of a lot of these companies and businesses and my clients love me because i give them my all man yes. i i i am there i'm pushing it i'm like i'm giving you all of my and I'm tired at the end, right? I'm tired at the end because I have given you my all for that time period we were together. Like right now, I am giving you my mm-hmm. undivided attention. I am giving you energy. I am making sure that this is great for you and because you're giving me the time and the respect. And that's why a lot of people exactly. are missing in life that people don't do. Man, you're speaking on a lot, on a lot of levels. There, you're speaking about giving, which it, it's a it's a term people used to use more, but they don't use as much now. And then people like account accountability on what you're doing, right? Accountability on if you're not if you're half assing something, results, right? And yeah. then it's like, hey, talking about what you're saying just at the end is in the moment, right? Being present, being a part of, you know, a part of something without, you know, looking at your phone. We're, we're so distracted nowadays with so many thousand different, like you said, triggers, right? So now 
things, social media, things buzzing on your phone, uh, things, but I'm on my laptop, things are buzzing on my laptop. I put it on Do Not Disturb. So literally I can be in this moment. So I, I love that you're incorporating that into everything you do, because like I tell everybody, it makes you a full-fledged person. Um, and did this at all, um, your marine training at all? Or was it kind of like something that you learned? It came, it came from watching um, my father as a young kid, mm-hmm. my mother, um, how she just trucked through everything mm-hmm. and gave her to everyone and still to this day. Um, the Marine Corps exploded it, right? Took mm-hmm. it to another level because... In the Marine Corps, your accountability is like the number one thing, yep. right? And there's this this um, this acronym, right? It's called JJ did tie buckle, which is something I'm never gonna forget. It's um, it stands for judgment, right? Justice, decisiveness, integrity, dependability, tact, integrity, endurance, bearing, uh, unselfishness. Courage, knowledge, um, commitment. Okay, I already did that. Oh, it's commitment, knowledge, loyalty, and ethics, or something like that. I, I forget the last ones. Mm-hmm. But anyway, those are the words that I like to live by in a way, right? Um, especially, the, you know, like the accountability part and, and being disciplined is so important. And having integrity and having tact, because I believe that you live that enough, and you you always on that path. The people that are come around you, you're going to infect them with that, and they're going mm-hmm. to start catching themselves, start doing the same things you're doing on in their mm-hmm. part of their life, or however they're doing it, yeah. because they see you just showing up, right? Yeah. You are showing up. And I believe the your circle, right? The people in my bubble, when I show up, they know like get excited when I come. Mm-hmm. Right. When I when my people, when I show up, the energy goes up. Elevates, yep. The there's level I say this very humbly. I'm not bragging and all that shit. But I say it because like because I'm coming in with a different mindset. I am energy, what's up? And people just kind of, they're, they're, they feel it. Like the, the, the aura. Yes, it's okay. energy. Yeah, that it's like yep. they gravitate to it almost. Yeah. Yes. yes. I, uh, Being so, able to hold court, bro. Egg, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. I love holding court. I tell you right now, <laughs> I could grow, I could go into any, and it doesn't matter. There's a group of people. I what's up? I'm going on. I feel the thing on, and boom, let's go. And exactly. I'll start having everybody talk with each other. And then, and then right? you just point out. You you know you should you should like talk to Chad. Yeah. And, and I walk like, away. I go. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I yep. I never I never could like explain that to somebody, but I feel like I have that as well. Like even like so, I have a friend. Um, that he lives like uptown Charlotte and he has a bunch of bu- a bunch of his friends, right? I'd never seen these people f- before in my life. And he would just invite me to events. And I go into like, it'll be at his, his apartment. And I go to, 
like, hey guys, let's, let's, you know, let's, let's drink, let's have a good time. Like, okay, then I get to know people. Exchange numbers. Now I'm like, oh yeah, Trish. You know, Trish does this. Trish, come on over. Tell t- tell them about what you're doing. And now I'm Trish's. Basically, Trish's best like um her like uh her business card now because I'm trying to give her all the information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For everybody, so I never really got to. I I never like was able to vocalize that. But what you're saying specifically is, I I, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Um, yeah, it's called being a communicator. Yeah. Yes. 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 I, I I like that a lot. I I ne- yeah. I never really got to. Okay. You, you got me. You got me. My brain flowing now. Um, <laughs> but as as also with your cooking and with your culinary experience, um, I see that you do a lot with the American Heart Association and uh, a lot with uh, diabetes diabetes and things like that. Um, is has that. Is that um, something you're close to, like as far as somebody in your family having it, or is that something you just are a like a a champion for in general? Um, I'm a, a champion, a champion for it directly, mm-hmm. uh, indirectly. I have a lot of people that I know that do have diabetes, mm-hmm. that have had uh, heart issues and everything. So I published like so my first my first book. Uh, I published the American Diabetes. Mm-hmm. with their publishing house called Chef Ronaldo Sauer de Cuba, Flavors of Cuba, and that's why I use the Nuevo Cubano Cuisine. Just using more healthier approach, a better approach to cooking as we spoke earlier. And I, I've told this story where uh, the, how I got the inspiration to write that book. I make a wish foundation. They asked me to go cook for a kid at the um, New Brunswick uh, Kids Hospital. So I went there, I cooked, I was leaving. There was a kid that came out of a room missing his left leg. Left leg. And as he turned, because he had this leg out, I saw it missing. And I asked the nurse, I'm like, yo, what happened to him? He's like, oh, he has diabetes. And I was like, what? I knew of diabetes, but not today. He's like, how come? And they they started explaining to me. I'm like, wow. And then the opportunity came where I saw American Diabetes Association at a book fair. And I was like, yo, I know what I want to do with them. Mm. And I had approached them. I, I had, you know, I had a uh, uh, my bio sheet, a recipe, and already in my mind, I'm like, all right, this is what I'm going to pitch. And I pitched it. And down the line, the book happened with the American Diabetes Association, uh, publishing house. And I was able to publish my book internationally, here, here domestic and international. Um, be, became a bestseller. Um, I mean, it's amazing. As an immigrant, as a as an as a American born abroad in the United States, coming from Colombia to here, and mm-hmm. facing many, 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 many challenges, yes. being someone that, that's American, but his second language is English, and looking like everybody, but not looking like anybody, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and having to just say, F it, I'm going to do it my way, and just knuckles to the ground, let's make it happen. So when that happened, it was amazing because it's been a years of work of doing expos for the Diabetes Association, expos yes. Heart Association, cooking demonstrations, talking to the people, going to the community, doing all those events. Because I wanted to, I wanted to make an impact at that point after I saw that. How can I affect our community and show them that eating what's good for you, it doesn't have to be boring, doesn't have to move you away from your culture. That yes. you can still have your 
your rice and beans and your carne asada. Mm -hmm. You could have your boliche, mm -hmm. you could have your oxtail, mm -hmm. all that crap. But how we need to prepare it. This is how we, let's educate you on portion control and all that. Sodium intake, what type of salt you're using, nutrient dense food. Let's talk about the food that comes from your homeland that you forgot about because yes. of living here in the United States and being away from your culture and focusing on work, 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 because there's a lot of communities in the inner city communities that are either food deserts, super low income, that are, that are economically challenged, that mm -hmm. can't, just can't do it. Focus on, on, on working and they live in areas where they don't have access to bark. Yep. That here in the United States would do a poor job of. Yep. So I go into the cities and talk to these people and try to just make an impact especially to the younger generation. Because I know that's the change. You know what I'm saying? Yes. That's the change that happens. So I continue to be a champion for it. I continue to do it. I'm actually appearing June 20-something, June 20th, I think, on um, Despierta America, the national channel, uh, Channel 41, to, for the American Heart Association. Nice. Oh, good for your food, uh, heart healthy mm -hmm. food, and all that. And uh, it's going to be cool doing that from the house. They bring the whole crew and everything. Really? The whole camera crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's dope. It's cool. Nice. Um, it's, it's humbling every time. You know, like, I like, mm -hmm. understand, right? I want people to understand that you, if you could think it, you could, it could happen. But think it within your means, mm. right? Don't, say, talk more about that, yeah. Yeah, like, like think it within your means. Think it within what your capabilities are. Mm -hmm. Many we, we make the mistake of looking at, at other people that have so much, mm -hmm. but they don't look at their whole journey from yes. the beginning. Mm -hmm. So it's good to take inspiration from that. But you have to have your own origin story and, and have your goals, have your 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 measurements. And when you get to those measurements, then you can start scaling up even more. But there has to be a beginning, a, a, a quarter way point, a quarter way point, a quarter way point. Mm -hmm. There's this book called The One. Uh, I'm reading again next. This one, right? The one thing. And it talks about the domino effect, okay? So if you could listen to this, imagine this, right? So if you have one domino, you start with one domino, there's 100 dominoes, and each domino increases by its size by 1%, right? Each domino increases over 100, right? If you were going to take the first domino and put it next to the Nine, the hundredth domino, which is going to be a lot bigger, it's not going to knock it down, right? No, There's not enough yeah. momentum. But you take the first domino to the second domino to the third to the fiftieth, so on and so forth. By that time, the ninety-eighth, the ninety-ninth domino has so much momentum, it's going to break that hundredth domino. It's going to knock it down, hundred percent guaranteed. Why did it knock it down? Because we didn't skip any of the steps before. We stayed mm -hmm. in our lane, we put our work in, and, and then the pot just increased. So by the time you got to the 
20th domino, you are 20% greater. You've, you're, you accomplished 20% more than you were at domino number one. Yeah. You double that at domino 40. You triple, you know what I'm saying? Does yeah, that make sense? Yeah, uh, it makes right? 100% sense. So it's you're 100% growth greatness. by the 100th domino, bro. Mm-hmm. Into so incremental greatness. Yep. Exactly. That's so, so. As far as like the incremental like growth. So how do you? I guess the 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 part that you utilize to do incremental growth is what we talked about before. Is the patience, right? Is being patient and being you know in the moment and by step, um, remembering that you have that greater goal in hand. Do you, so. How do you? that greater goal like on front street do you journal do you kind of like write it on a board at the board behind you like how what what do you do to like make that okay here we go okay so self i use the uh self journal gotcha okay so self it's like a business journal right Mm-hmm. So each you have four. It's a pack of four. One for each quarter. Each quarter, I sets up your four goals. Well, it's, it's three goals, but I do four goals for each quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, thirteen week goals, and then you just kind of write down what you want to achieve. What is the goal you want to achieve at the end of the thirteen weeks? So you visualize. I want to. I don't know. I want to lose fifteen pounds, right? Yeah. I'm gonna make this super easy. I want to lose fifteen pounds. So what you do uh, now, you have that that goal. So achieve, I'm gonna achieve this goal by, and you write three things: by following a, a diet, doing blah blah blah, and working out. So then now every day, put put in that that. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you gotta put, you gotta write down what you're doing now to achieve that goal on a daily basis and weekly basis. So at the end of 13 weeks, at the end of the dominoes, right? Yeah. The 13th domino, the, how many days is that? The nine, 13 weeks, four weeks, four weeks, four, ten, 90, 90, whatever days. Yeah. You're freaking there. You've lost the weight. You lost the 15 yeah. pounds. I and mean, you gained so much more. So I had a coach, uh, which called the Cairo, the Cairo effect, right? Um, mm-hmm. it's called chef. So it's called, so the acronym is chef. So it's, it's, um, career, health, education, and family. Four mm-hmm. time blocks that you should up your, your life with. You should set up four hours of your day set to your career, four hours of your day set to your health, four hours of your day, education, and four hours of your day for family. Mm. That's 16 hours. Yeah. You have eight hours of sleep. <laughs> yes, you're not going to get four hours every time, but that's your goal. You could always yeah. change up. You know what? I'm going to do six hours of this. And health could be anything. Health could be from eating, right? From working yeah. out, from anything that, it's, that, that encompasses health. Same thing for a career. It could work. It could be reading. It could be just learning things, picking up new habits. Families blocking out the end of the day for your family only. And what's good about that and what happens when you start writing all this shit down, you start holding yourself accountable. You start doing so much work. By the mm-hmm. time that block comes for your family, you're done. You got nothing else to do. Yep. 
except to be present with your family. And I guarantee you, it will take your relationship with your wife, with your kids to other levels. And you become more patient at the end of the day because you don't have to worry about nothing else. And remember, tomorrow will always come, no matter what. Tomorrow mm -hmm. is Sunday. Unless there's a end of the world scenario. <laughs> tomorrow will come. Whether you're dead or alive, your moral will come. Yep. So to hold something off to the next day if you don't get it. Don't kill yourself over it. There's no need for it. You I know? like that. And chef? Chef. Uh, it's, yeah, it's the Cairo. Cairo, K-Y-R-O. Uh, okay. This is company. Um, uh, man, Jose. Jorge, Jorge. Jorge, what's his last name? Jorge. Anyway, Jorge. Anyways, uh, it's acronym. It's called Chef. It's career, uh, career, health, education, and family. I love. So it. you set up your life around yeah. that. Super simple. It's it's and and you know when you break things that when people break things down like that, you're like, oh wow, I why I never thought about that. That's I never thought about <laughs> it until he told me. <laughs> so, so Cortijo. how? So, Jorge Cortijo. Jorge Cortijo. 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 He's Puerto Rican. Uh, he's a uh, he's a uh, uh, in the, in armed forces. He's an officer. Oh, okay. Great man, big, big dude, big dude. But anyway, <laughs> Jorge Cortijo, Cairo system, career, health, education, family, get those blocks in order and your life is super easy. Man, that's, that's, that's worth, that's, that's worth so much. You don't understand. Yeah, I'm because I'm literally going to write that down on my wall and just be like, okay, let's block these time off um, because that's so simple, but so hyper important because to your point, it's things done in your life, like the career, the the health and the, uh, I forgot what E was already. Um, education. Education. Like if you get those, yeah, and then you have time for your family. And then you're just like, cause I, sometimes, you know, and I don't know if you felt this way, you just feel overwhelmed. Like you're sinking, right? Everything's it's like quicksand. Like you do one there's thing. No, you have no plan. Exactly. You're, so, not, you're not, you're not, you don't have anything written to hold you accountable. Exactly. So and that, everybody works different. I like exactly. writing. I like, I like writing down. I like mm -hmm. putting it on paper. It, it helps yep. me, man. It helps me because it helps me thinking is, doesn't overwhelm me and I know it's yes. there. I just got to chuck it off and okay, what's next? All right, good. You know? Yeah, that's what I've been doing now. I call it putting it on wax. I just be like, yeah. hold on one second. I'm going to put this on wax real quick. And then, <laughs> you know, you get, you get the check off, you get this crush yeah. through. And it's, yeah. I don't know if it's a dopamine effector. It gives you I like your is. brain. Yeah, it has to be. A dopamine effect. It's like a high five. Like, that it's your like, brain oh. gives it's all, yeah. like left and right side. They're like, all right. <laughs> Exactly. So the, the last question I like to ask all of my guests is, um, and you answered it like briefly, but um, if you answer it again, is what do you want to do to change the world? What am I doing or what do I want to do to change the world? Oh, that's a good question, man. I, what am I doing? I am being, I am, I am. Being unapologetic <clears throat> more and more. I am showing up for people. I am 
um, I, I think I think directly, right? Mm-hmm. I have a kid that's seven, a kid that's three, and everything I do, I make sure that when that it's being seen by them, um, and then what I'm showing them, how I'm talking, how I'm showing up for them, is how I want them to show up for the world. So if I'm doing good for the world, if I'm affecting people's lives through television, through written word, through me just being around people, I want them to have the same outlook in life so they could do the same times 10, times 100 as they go through life. Every time I walk to, so every time I walk my kid, Liam, to school, right? We take a 100-yard walk. I, I drive him, walk. And I always talk to them, like, all right, make sure you're great today. Be kind. Stand up, speak up for those kids that do not want to speak up or are afraid to speak up for themselves. Don't let nobody get bullied. Right? Be an example and be a leader all the time. I always say those kind of words to him. And then my wife writes notes in his snack. So when he opens up his snack, be great, be kind. So it's enforced. Man, so that's what he does to people. And that shit is contagious, man. <laughs> you could turn the, the, the crankiest kid, kid that's being a bully, to being amazing. Because I've done it as a kid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I did it differently in my hands. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But Sometimes you got to humble people to get to get the... Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have any guidance. My guidance was me. <laughs> But now, obviously, and, and my son, I mean, my son trains. He trains MMA. He mm-hmm. trains jiu-jitsu. Really? You know? Hell yeah. Of course. He, he, we, I, I used to, uh, four years. I thought I was going to be a, a star. I did Muay Thai and did jiu-jitsu four oh, yeah? years. Well, he only did it for like two weeks. I mean, two, two, uh, two days a week. So I wasn't getting like as much training as I want, but I was really yeah, into Muay Thai. Of, a lot. It, yeah. Man, it's and then it just it was a strain on my body and everything like that. Yeah. But as a, I wish I would have got got into it as a young kid because yeah. you know, it molds yeah, you into yeah, and it yeah. and it humbles you and it makes you you know the kindest people I know, crazy ass motherfucker like on the mat like I always. Well, there you go, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I've always. trained. I've been training for for almost twelve years now. Really? I fought in the cage. The Muay really fights. I've done uh, 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 grappling tournament. Okay. Nice. Yeah, I'm very calm, bro. I'm very relaxed. Yeah, I... People, people are like, yo, you just you walk around like whatever. I'm like, yeah, I'm not worried. Yeah. What am I worried? What am I worried about? One, I'm not worried about anybody coming again. You know, mm-hmm. I, something I don't think about. But if someone does, good luck. <laughs> it's it's like there's there's the five percent of people that can. And that ninety five percent that, <laughs> so yep. uh, yeah. So um, I'm going to go into the last. I like to call shots fired. It's what I all like right, to call. Right. Yeah, it's elevated icebreakers. So it's very simple. Beginning gets a little more thought provoking to end. It's about fifteen to twenty questions. Are you ready for shots fired? All right, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> All right, let me make sure we're good here. All right, you listen? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> All right, let's go. All right, here we go. What's your favorite color? 
What's your favorite sport? Green. Green because of that money. I love the money, the color <laughs> of money. That's a good What's your favorite sport? Football. What's your favorite movie? Scarface. What's your favorite cartoon show? Bugs Bunny. Back in the day, Bugs Bunny. What's your favorite cereal? Cereal. When I used to eat cereal, was Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Ooh, that's fire. I love What's the milk. Fa- the juju. Mm-hmm. The milk. Yes, amazing. yes, yes. <laughs> What's your favorite drink? Uh, tequila. Reposado. Ooh, okay. Good one. 1942 uh, to be a sack on Julio. Okay. Um, what's your favorite TV show? I don't have a TV show per se, but I like to watch um, any like series on Netflix. Right now, I'm watching The Legacy, which I think is pretty cool. Favorite Legacy? Yeah, it's a good yes. one. Yeah. Um, and what movie do you hate to love? The Notebook. The Notebook. <laughs> <laughs> That, yeah, that's, I, I love that movie, but I hate it. Love it. Hate to love that movie. I always cry at the end. <laughs> I don't know why, what, man. I don't know it, why. It, it's, uh, honestly, you're probably the fifth or 15th person. <laughs> I don't know which one, but have said the notebook is winning. Um, what's one place you want to visit that you haven't yet? Thailand. Okay. Uh, what fictional world would you like to visit? world like uh like i would like to visit um avatar like that kind of world where you could fly around and shit and mm-hmm. be like yeah like have these powers and be i would like to fly honestly like krypton you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying like yes. i would like to be superman i think i'll be amazing mm-hmm. yeah okay that 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 would, i have another question for you that you get to answer that question too um what be when you grew up I want to be wolverine you said Wolverine? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just, I, didn't, I don't know. Like, I didn't, I just, as a kid. Yeah, as a kid, my yeah. as a kid mind. That's what I remember. Like, Wolverine, bro. Like, why not have claws come out of you? Made an, you know, like, on this show. In a rage. Amazing. <laughs> um, if you had a time machine, would you go forward in time or back in time? Back in time, 1930s, early gangster times. Like that. Who is your... Like Al Capone times, 100%. Al Capone times. Who is your celebrity crush? My, um, what's her name? I, I got to say Shakira. Okay. Love Shakira. Love Shakira. <laughs> what, movie or like music, anything? Anything. Across the board. Yeah, Shakira, Shakira. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Who's your favorite artist? And it doesn't have to be a musical artist. It's anybody whose art invokes emotions. It can be a um, painter. It can be a dancer. I would say... I would say like I would say my Hector Lavoe. Uh, it's a salsa 
artist singer. He you know he passed away and all. He was huge. But I think like the reason I love him because there's a lot of important parts of my life that mm-hmm. his songs have played. So those bring me back to those moments. So like Hector Lavoe, uh, I would say. What would be the name of your autobiography? Toma. <laughs> Get it. Get it. That's something I say all the time. Uh, get it. Just constantly getting after it. You know what I mean? No matter what. I love it. Um, yeah, I know that's not, I, yeah, that's uh, right now, top of my head, without thinking about it, that's what I would, uh, yeah, call it, right? That's, that's, so what would, what would be on top of your head? What is the first song that comes to your mind? Uh, Biggest Smalls, um, Juicy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when you come, you know. Yes, yeah. <laughs> That's the first, yeah. Juicy, Biggest Smalls. Um, superhero, what would be your name? Superhero, what would be my name? Um, oh, um, Man, Superman, Wolverine. I would say like like a or something like that, something along those lines. Like, uh, because like I look like a pit bull, right? <laughs> so I'm not saying it. Something, <laughs> something. I've t- I'm all the time people tell me so you look like a freaking pit bull. Um, I will say, I don't know. I like, I'm not good with those sort of things. I'm that, those things I suck at coming up with like names like that. I don't know. What would you call me? I would call you, hmm. You seem like you would know, like you would come yeah, up with yeah. it. Uh, ooh. I'll just call you Chef. Chef, yeah, and you, you have a on your chest, right? And which call your code of conduct will be on the you know, that's the code that you live by, right? And then also, your your fighting utensils, all the things that would be in the kitchen. So that's how you take the stuff in the kitchen and you have your knives and stuff like that. That's there your you go. kind of like the Tony Starks of culinary. <laughs> culinary, I love it, I love it. <laughs> All right, okay, let's go. I think I, I think I just came up with a new cartoon character. I, I got to write that down. It's actually a good idea. Got to write that down. Uh, <laughs> uh, this one comes. Get that patent. No, but um. So last but not least, one of my. And I think this would be great because you are a chef. What is your death row meal? Life. I need an app. I need an entree. I need a drink. And I need a dessert. Last meal of my life, death row. Death so row. app, I will go with, what is my favorite? So I don't have to worry about my health here or nothing like that. I will go with, as an app, like as I started, I will go with like a pork belly, um, cured, really nice cured pork belly overnight. And then we're going to put in the smoker at 225. Let that let that cook down, and then we'll put it high. Get that get that uh, chicharron, that crispy pork mm. um, crackle. 
crackling. And then what it would do, we would cut a nice square piece, put it over a nice tortilla, put a little bit of avocado crema, some some like uh, radish, some pickled red onion, a little bit of microgreens, micro cilantro, micro beets. Um, and that would be the appetizer, right? That's my appetizer. That's my mm. course number one. Course number two, I'll bring something light into the game. I love ceviche, so really, really good ceviche. Maybe like a tostada, so get like a nice small, uh, crispy tortilla, and then get some tuna, right? Mm -hmm. Cut up tuna, fold in a little bit of like uh, like a really good homemade hot sauce. Maybe like a ancho wajillo chili paste, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. and put a little bit of yogurt, mix it into the tuna, uh, and then put that over the tostada, and it just really put some dope uh, accents of citrus, acidity in there, some fresh herbs for the second course, right? Mm -hmm. For the entree, I love me some good meat, and I will go big time, since I'm going to die anyway. Uh, indigestion doesn't matter at this point. So we're going to take a double-cut uh, tomahawk, steak i'm gonna sous vide that thing for like five hours because we're talking about a 60 ounce piece of meat and i'm gonna vacuum seal it i'm gonna put some real nice ghee in there some clarified or clarified butter whatever they have on hand uh, a nice fresh wild thyme for my garden uh for my garden not from mm. nowhere nowhere else we're gonna put that in there we're gonna trust it we're gonna so it gets it gets tight it stays tight take it out Add some salt to it, sear the hell out of it, finish it with some fresh black pepper. You know what I'm saying? And then do a real nice pan sauce right over the top. And I'm going to do some like French style whipped potatoes under that. So you mm. take the potatoes, reset potatoes. And then you know, I, the way I like to do them, I cook them in, in some uh, milk, right? Mm. So I do half and half milk, water, and just simmer, light simmer. So like the potato brings up all that fat. I take it out, I throw it through the ricer so it gets like a little stringy and fluffy. Mm -hmm. Then I whip it, whip it, whip it, whip it, whip it until it gets real smooth. Put that under the steak, put the steak on top, triple any onions, pan sauce. Eat that up with some uh, tequila, chilled, reposado, 1942. That's my last meal. What are you doing for dessert? Uh, for dessert? Oh, yeah. Not bad for dessert. Hourless chocolate cake with a molten middle. That's what's up. I'm happy. You could kill me now. Listen, man. That's you, that you made the most delicious meal I've ever heard on this life. I've asked this question for 80 episodes, and this is the most delicious one I've ever heard. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you, man. Delicious. Food is no joke. I love me some food, <laughs> and food should always be and experience you know what i'm saying yeah because like like food man it's the most unracist thing there is yes. um if you want to it's like if you want to resolve conflict man bring every nationality every color black white um uh, you know asian what doesn't matter you bring them around the table with some good food <laughs> There's a lot of things that could get resolved, bro. Yep. Just a nice everybody having a good time. Just... Food has no color, bro. Oof. No race, mm -hmm. nothing. Just good. Except when it's uh raw. And that that you don't want that color. 
<laughs> no, no, no. We don't want raw. Especially, we don't want no salmonella. Or nothing yeah. Like <laughs> so last but not. Well, I would like to thank you so much for being on the podcast and taking the time out and dropping some gems and sharing, you know, great information. And it's it's been amazing. So first of all, I'd like to say thank you for that. Secondly, if you can, you tell everybody where they can find you. I we didn't even get to talk about your Instagram, which is fire, which is oh, like the most mouthwarding Instagram I've seen in forever. But we're not going to talk about that. People can go and see it. Tell them where they Man, can. Tell find them you. to go. Tell them to go see it because this damn algorithm be killing me, bro. Yo, I swear, I man, the amount of time I spend on video, mm-hmm. fire. I think like. I film 30 seconds, I'm giving you a movie. Mm-hmm. And the damn algorithm, I don't know why. I'm like, I need it's like I need it to be pushed out more. So what mm-hmm. your people could do is go to mm-hmm. my Instagram, follow, like, comment, save, and share. Because I'm putting out recipes, man. I'm putting mm-hmm. out actual dishes that real simple, the average home cook, no no cooking skill, you could do it. So I'm putting that out. I got a lot of projects coming up. So that's at, over at Chef Ronaldo Linares. And that's all platforms. Just at Chef Ronaldo Linares, R-O-N-A-L-D-O. You can look at the show notes and see how to spell Linares. Uh, <laughs> you can follow me there. And um, just be kind. Be a good person, man. And that's all I'm going to promote. I mean, <laughs> if, if you follow me, you're going to see... Uh, the life I live, um, where I go, where I come, I'm always sharing it. So make sure you hit the follow button and uh, let's let's make it happen. Make sure you guys are subscribing to Drew versus the world. Make sure you guys live a review. Review, subscribe, unsubscribe, do it again. <laughs> Get this thing up the charts uh, and make Drew, uh, he, he puts a lot of work in here puts a lot of work here over 80 episodes <laughs> happy to be part of this podcast a lot of fun here uh being able to just have a good chat i appreciate you man thank you again um so the last on the tale of what you were saying about bringing people together um and one thing we i like to say to bring people together is the thing is love peace and chicken grease that's the catchphrase of the podcast. Because <laughs> awesome. So whenever you get a chance, just let just let the love piece of chicken grease fly. And if you can, can you do it in English and can you do it in Spanish? Yes, yes. So which one? Just love chicken grease or Lo- love peace and chicken grease. Okay. All right, everybody from Drew versus the world. <laughs> peace and chicken grease. Y todos mis amigos y amigas allá en este mundo, vamos a hablar de amor, casa de pollo. Here we go. Again, Ronaldo, thank you so much, man. Thank you for your time. And this has been another episode of Drew versus the World.